some nice Peter Gabriel. I love that album. Uh, Peter Gabriel plays live back from the old days. Uh, 80s. Anyhow, uh, boy, we got Milk Crate Brian here tonight, uh, spinning tunes. Uh, say, hey, Milk Crate, how are you? How are you doing? I'm doing great tonight. Uh, luckily, got to drop by with some records. Just got done talking with our good friend, Katie Wakeman, Katie Welder. Oh, She's nice. She's going to weld up a custom exhaust for my uh, Yamaha SR500. Oh, no kidding. So yeah. she's going to put together, uh, Brian uh, just got done uh, putting together a really beautiful SR, which we'll talk about later in the show. And uh, Katie, she welds. Uh, she does uh, anything welding. So she's always willing to help out if you have a, a need for a welder. And uh, whether you want to make a beautiful, beautiful fence, uh, you know, or gate around your house. And that's her specialty, I yeah, understand. Boy, she can raise immediately the uh, value of a home with her artwork because she's she's an artistic metal worker so whatever she does i mean it's it's not your just square friends it's a, it's a thing of beauty truly and you can always uh, find her uh, you know uh, she welds at gmail.com s-h-e-w-e-l-d-s at gmail.com you can always find her there and look at her work i mean you, boy you'd be uh you'd be really uh impressed Ooh. yeah right nice exactly stuff. and wade boyd's in the house how you doing wade pretty good pretty good right on and you just got back from willow springs willow springs where it was really really hot at like 85 degrees or so 85 <laughs> degrees yeah in san francisco for us hot is anything above 67 or 8 then we start bitching today's hot i'm dying <laughs> yeah right you know and then we bitch when it's too cold but the, that's just the nature of things anyways uh brian what are we gonna play next uh, i just wanted to say a welcome here uh racers alley and uh, thank you mutiny radio for having us and uh we're gonna have some nice conversations about uh, rebuilding an SR500, uh, a classic bike as well. well. We're going to hear a... all about all my mistakes, uh, too. Well, everyone's got a way to learn, right? Uh, yeah, uh, but up next we're going to hear uh, China Girl from Iggy Pop, the, the good version. Um, right. I love the Bowie version, too, but Iggy was the guy that really had the whale. Oh, yeah, especially. Right on. Thank you. 
right on. Welcome back to uh, Racers Alley here at Meet Any Radio in the heart of the mission. And uh, boy, today we have Bill Crate Bryan uh, spinning some tunes. Going to be talking about the SR500 he just rebuilt. And Wade Boyd, he just got back from Willow Springs racing down there with uh, the Armor Boys. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, Armor and SRA West sidecars. Ah, your Armor and SRA West sidecars. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, Vintage motorcycles, basically. Vintage uh, historic racing motorcycles mm-hmm. and sidecars and sidecars so that's a that's a yeah that covers quite a bit i imagine uh, as far as the vintage stuff uh, singles twins and i mean uh, yeah, yeah all, good all the old bikes i went i was supposed to be in race eight with the moto guzzi um, but we had a flat tire and it didn't show up so anyhow i went up and i spied on there was two moto guzzis who i thought i was racing with mm-hmm. or uh, who i was out to beat who I think got a fourth place, and the Goosies were like way in the back. As Interesting. Far, as far as my count was. So as uh, yeah, let's see. I think there was. I did see on Facebook there was a couple out there, not as pretty as your purple one, but uh, yeah, definitely really neat to see. And uh, yeah, so Armor Racing. I mean, they the they're a I believe they're a West Coast and East Coast organization. Mostly out of the East, but they have two sometimes three races this week this year on the West Coast. Oh, that's great, actually, because uh, it'd be nice to get your old bikes out and race over here. And we have wonderful tracks here. I mean, uh, wait, wh- what track were you at? Willow Springs. Willow Springs. For those of you uh, that don't know, Willow Springs is actually uh, down south of Southern California, up on the uh, uh, grapevine. And you turn left if you're going down south, and you ended up in the middle of the Mojave. And uh, back in the day when actually uh, I first went out there was... Uh, Boy, I think uh, 1991, and I love that track. I mean, it's just, uh, they don't call it the fastest track in the West for nothing. And uh, apparently, from what I hear, it's still as bumpy as it was back then. No, it's bumpier. <laughs> it's bumpier, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful course. And, I mean, there's, what, uh, nine turns? Yeah. Yeah, nine turns. But uh, those are, they're very, very fast uh, turns. And uh, I actually had the experience of totaling not one but two bikes out there. And uh, I still have a reckoning with that track track and someday i hope to go back out there and uh finish a couple of laps and uh, smile 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 you know it's a it's a wonderful course there you go end of june with the Wira. end of june they're going back yeah Wira's going to be out there so that's another motorcycle club racing club yeah on the west coast but they also like sidecars and they need at least six of them so i'm really needed to go show up Awesome. You know, that's, that's great in several ways. Number one, that uh, sidecar, sidecar racing is uh, getting back out there and organizations are allowing it to be out there, which is, you know, uh, if, if, if you've never seen one, um, everyone's interested when they go to a race pit. They walk by and they look at those and they go, ooh, and they learn about a whole different type of uh, racing. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, totally. they're, not, they're not quite motorcycle. They're sidecars and it's a very unique type of racing. Yeah. When we go out, most most everybody goes up to the fence and watches and everything. We gave taxi rides this time. It doesn't always happen. Oh, nice. Taxi rides was like 20 bucks and you get two laps of hold on and... We give you a lesson if, you know, somehow we put you in leathers and stuff and whatever, suit you all up, give you a lesson, take you for a ride. So I gave these two girls a ride two different times. Um, one was for, I was going to bring the card, I couldn't find it. Anyhow, it was one of those um, motorcycle attorney things. Okay. She works for them and... Law Tigers you know, or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. So... Okay, yeah, they come by our shop, Law Tigers. Uh-huh. Yeah, so works for them down like in L.A. somewhere or whatever and... And her and her husband do stunt riding. Ooh. So he was showing me pictures and stuff. So, I, so 
they're doing the stunt riding together on one bike. So on one bike? On one bike. So he's wheeling That's down incredible. the road, and she's hanging off in the front, back, sideways, wherever, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and I mean, they they're symbiotic. Yeah. I bet she got the hang of being a monkey pretty fast, yeah. huh? Yeah. She needs a little more practice. Two laps wasn't enough, but no, she did but really good. Big smiles? Yeah. It's like, oh, you're, oh, you're really going to like this. And she actually comes back twice. And the second, first time she comes back, says, how fast were we going? <laughs> I know what you mean. 150, 155, somewhere in there. Yeah, it's totally different. It's such a, a big thrill and everything. She was totally stoked. I hope they get one. So um, down the front straight, 150, 155? Yeah. Boy, I bet you Ooh. she could. That's bragging rights for her because that might have been the fastest she's gone. You know, holy I've holy. never gone that fast. Well, yeah, that's a very rare that uh, most common folk can, can, can reach them speeds unless they're an airplane or something. Yeah. But yeah, wow, that's really neat. Did uh, did her husband go on the on the rig as well? No, it was, it was her and her girlfriend. So, her, oh, okay, yeah, so nice. They both took a ride, and she did pretty good, but uh, she made it about one lap really. And then she couldn't really get out anymore. She'd already she wore herself out, which is what happens the first yeah, time I remember or two. Yeah, I went out just for a few turns, and I thought we were doing a million miles an hour. We were doing like fifty-five, sixty. And also, I mean, the first time out, yeah, I, I imagine it comes to a point where you know, like if Christine's out there, um, she's not really gripping tight anymore. She's more of relaxed rather than we're giving death grips and yeah. you know, wearing your bodies, knuckles just, out nothing, and your well, just tense. forearms. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, so we ever tell everybody, don't do the death grip, but you always do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> First time out, really? like, I wasn't. I wasn't. Now breathe. Now too. Breathe. 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 <laughs> oh yeah, out. that's right. So uh-huh. yeah, she, you know, she did really good, but yeah, two laps is enough. She, you know, got out for the first lap or so. I'd look over. You know, and okay, she's doing pretty good. I'll go a little faster. And then down the straightaway, she's hanging on. Okay, now we'll like stretch your arms just a little bit and show you what 150 is. Nice. And it's, it really, it's it's smooth if there's a smooth track under it. Yes. You know, but it did really good. So her girlfriend never got out. Never. She sat right in the middle the whole time. And it's like, well, you get a slightly slower ride, but... You know. Oh, I got you. Yeah, she wasn't, uh, as far as the, the positioning you can do on a sidecar, usually, uh, if you go on right, you, well, I guess it depends on the rig, what, you, what you're really doing, but uh, right on Wade's rig, he would be hanging over your shoulder to the right? Yeah, because the rig is on the left, so you would actually crawl up on my back or to the right of the vehicle, we zoom around a right-hand corner, and then say there's a left-hand corner up. You go back down to the middle and then crawl out the other side. And if it's a wide open corner, you stick your butt off the edge of the car and all but on the ground. And get yeah. out as far as you can. You straighten your left leg wherever your butt is, is where your weight is. And then we keep speeding up and then I'll pick you up and make you clear <laughs> the berm and we'll take the two the two wheeler line and just you know, you, you get it's worth a bike length or two. Yeah, you know, uh, for our listeners out there, you can always find us on the Face of My Book and uh, under Racers Alley, and you can see pictures and uh, of exactly uh, you know uh, what Wade's talking about. You know, as far as turning uh, left or right, I mean, it's a totally different um, positioning as far as being a passenger. You know, what you're what you're basically you're as a passenger. I believe what your idea is to be an outrigger to actually keep traction and, and balance and control. Yeah, just like on a sailboat or something like that. Gotcha. Get out there, lean over. Where you know, you, you, it's trying to because of the sail, or whatever. It's trying to go one way, and it needs the the weight 
out there to hold it down. Counterbalance. So same thing. It's it's centrifugal force. Um, if you get out there really far and you're really heavy, I can still pick you up, but um, I got to go a little faster, which is the whole thing. We're trying to go mm-hmm. faster. So, and then and then it's like doing a wheelie. You can only go up so far, and then you're into the balance point, and then you're going to have to shut off. Gotcha. Um, Mm -hmm. Unless you're really up really good and you're ready, and then you can fire it, which is just the opposite, and you spin that rear tire, and it burns out of the corner and finishes the arc that you already started. It's a fine balance. And and it helps you finish the corner. Nice. Wow. And uh, like I said... uh, yeah, there's great pictures of you High going speed up. speed ballet. Yeah, really. And the thing is, as a motorcycle racer, um, you're basically on your own. You have your own ride, everything like that. When you're in a sidecar, you know, I can't myself imagine having the thought, of, number one, being symbiotic. But also, I mean, you both kind of are responsible for each other's safety in the end. You know, as far as uh, making sure no one does anything out of sorts. Yeah, I guess it would actually, I'm going to say, fall more on my my department. She's she's lost in her room, and she can touch me, she can spank me, she can tell me what's going on with that kind of communication. But other than that, and she can kick the car and help the rear end move over. No but kidding. I, yeah, wow. but, but I have them handlebars, so... Uh, and the power. If you're going to talk about responsibility, it's the driver's responsibility. Got to make sure Period. everything's going through and everything's yeah, smooth. So she, she got, uh, Christine got launched at, at the TT. Uh, basically, um, uh, Martin crashed. Oh, dude never crashes. Here, I'll get you a ride. Anyhow, he basically crashes in Parliament Square, clips the curb, launches her like a catapult into the very first yard. Wow. little tiny yard and, and somehow she lands on her feet there's two people in there and, and it's a happy world unbelievable <laughs> right unbelievable for sure Lucky. she was just doing 50 miles an hour and so, or whatever you know anyhow you, you're just starting to really accelerate at that point so she mm-hmm. got launched over there they they say she goes oh let's go see where martin is and so they go to the, the fence. It's like a stone fence or whatever. And they look over. Martin's like six foot six. And he's underneath this car like the fly. Save me. Save me. <laughs> Upside you know, down, uh, a turtle? Yeah. He was underneath it. It was on top of him. And so he was just kind of trapped. It wow. wasn't hurting him or anything. But, so uh, when we show up, he's got a beer in his hand. They're hooting and hollering. And that was fun. We should do this more often. <laughs> we were worried in the pits. Boy, I was there in 2004 as well on the 1000R1. Uh, and Wade was on the ZX. ZX9. ZX9. Okay, the 1998 yep. ZX9. Yeah, and then Christine was there as well on Martin's sidecar. And uh, there's nothing more worrisome than when uh, when you're in a pit and your rider doesn't come back. You know, you're waiting, you're waiting. And yep. Over there, it's especially worrisome because it's such a long course and, uh, you know, things can happen back o- over there if uh, you go off. So, yeah, that was an interesting time and uh, glad everyone was back. And, uh, boy, the big worry on that was really is like you know you and i it's like boy that's kind of you want her to go back on and it's like uh, well that's really was up to her huh yeah totally uh i put her through that many times because i really enjoyed racing over there and and so here it was on the flip side and it's like whoa 
Yeah. What do you do? What do you say? You, you hold your breath across your fingers. Yeah. And you're just sure. kind of quiet till you find uh, some good news. Yeah, exactly. I, I was there sweating with you. And like you said, I mean, uh, you put her through that a lot. So, you know, uh, her birthday was just last, this last weekend, correct? Yep. I got everybody at Armour to sing her happy birthday. No kidding. Right on. Yep. And you guys ended up, uh, for, even for a birthday place, uh, present, you guys ended up uh, doing really well. Yeah, we had to win. So so we <laughs> ran a smart race. The Arma has classes. They like having classes and giving out trophies, which everybody likes. So yeah. uh, SRA, yeah. we run for three trophies, period. And it's usually between three guys. And it's over. So the kids are, you know, you know people with slower rigs or whatever. Don't get them. So it's, I'm kind of all, all for that. You know, it boosts the enthusiasm of everybody. Well, yeah, everyone wants to have, uh, you know, something to take home and, yeah. you know, show your mates. It's like, why are you spending yeah. all that money? So, That's why. So, <laughs> so we, 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 got, we only had to beat Steve. We didn't have to beat um, Bernard, big dog racing. And so they got mm. a night and uh, 19, or 2018 R1 motor. Holy they got wally. the baddest thing out there, and they're really doing good and everything. On a good day, my, my, my sidecar likes a smooth track, but on a good day, I can harass those guys, but they're really getting kind of fast. So Yeah, that motor, boy. And I know. decided to, pl- to run a smart race and not beat my car up. Nice. And, well, first, uh, of, first of the season as well. So, yeah, you know. And first of the season, and, and, and so we'll, I hate to say it, but we'll just worry about beating Steve. Or, or dot 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 Randy. Randy Randy like lit this turbo thing and whatever took off and in the second race wow where did he come from he's the new kid nice. and he was doing really good I let him lead for all the way to to turn nine <laughs> and then it was a problem and the smoothness and experience yeah. comes in from there i imagine yeah carrying your speed especially on the turn one willow springs out there i mean that makes or break uh, makes or breaks uh, a lot of races uh you basically go through turn nine wide open if you can and uh, that'll yeah. carry you down the front street yeah I, I come down and say 155 six gear go down three gears uh, go high on the outside dip to the inside and let it drift and as you hit to the apex start wow. powering and, and you want to pull out of that corner it becomes flat and it's not flat it's totally banked interesting it's great and then it goes <laughs> across the little motocross section but <laughs> little ripples you can, on the you way can out. run out of room and, and a 1000 will really launch out of that corner Nice. And into the next one. Then turn two is so long and hard. And if you got little tiny handlebars, it just works you to death. Interesting. <laughs> Same yeah. with eight and nine. Just works you to death. You know, oh, the, the passenger works really hard. It works so hard. So you better try my little tiny handlebars. It will wear you out in the last corner. You'll be wondering if you can get to the last corner to alone let alone beating the guy that's either chasing you or you're chasing him so you're you're, you're um uh i guess the expression is you're manhandling it so you're you're dealing with a lot of pressure uh no uh, one wrist to the other or are you actually both hands equal pressure full on the gas full sliding through anything and everything and each rig is slightly different so what's it going to take uh so um What's your body going to do? You're not really strapped in. Mm-hmm. So what are you pulling and pushing on? And so ah, on mine, cool. I, you got to make sure you're pulling on the rear brake, not pushing. Cause Interesting. You, so you you really you wedge yourself in, and then you turn the handlebars or whatever. Anyhow, I've got I got a really uh, 
not a big bar but a small big bar my big bar is actually really small my other bar is even smaller uh-huh. on a funny angle so it's yeah i noticed that it's, it's why do you run peculiar. such small bars what's the advantage there it fits under my fairing Oh, I see, I see. Okay. <laughs> I, had, I had no choice. That's, custom made. Yeah. That's the way it came. They used to bolt on, and I would totally get upset if anybody touches my car because you pull on it and you loosen it. What happens the day it breaks? So the day we put this motor in, it's like, I want some handlebars, and I want them welded on, and I want some chrome ones. Yeah. So I got a little chrome. <laughs> so anyhow, we cut up some bars, we welded them on, and then, and then it seemed like I barely fit. I had to make it fit, but you got to... Make it fit, make your body fit it, be comfortable while you're doing nothing, and then be comfortable while you're, like, doing pull-ups. Wow. Or whatever. You're working your butt off trying to turn them handlebars. I got a seven-inch slick I'm trying to turn. Yeah. Make wow. it go places and do things that it goes, what are you talking about? So I want a- you to go over there and swish by that guy. Whatever. So it's... It's totally workout. It's very, very physical. Yeah. You, then you put the heat to it. You put your leathers on where it's at 8,500 degree weather. And anything <laughs> over 8,500, I got to live at the cooler. I got to have my hair wet. Wet yeah. down as long as I can. They started doing eight laps. Uh, oh, uh, the eight laps out there. Yeah. Willow Springs is, like I mentioned earlier, it's in the Mojave Desert. So it's up there. Yeah. And boy, it does get yeah. hot in the summer. I've been out there. You got the your race umbrella winter. girl out there keeping <laughs> yeah. you cool before the start. <laughs> no, All the tents and mysteries. She's in her leathers, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> so we wait till the last call, third call, then we roll out. Otherwise, we roll down there and we sit in the sun for yeah, 10 minutes. Yeah, exactly. And you yeah, cook. There. Mm-hmm. So. You know, but you know, you want to go racing, so you got to learn all these little things. And um, so, he, yeah, our so, pal Sergio, he actually has a fan and he sits in front of it in his pit until he goes out racing. He literally yeah. sits in front of the van, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. all that technology. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, 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 uh, the van had our big fan because the cat's inside. And ah. so it got, to, but yeah, whatever you can do to cool yourself, same thing, Australia, everywhere, everybody has that problem. We used to only race in 100 degree weather. We have a fan, we learn some of that technology. Otherwise, you live at the cooler, you get, yeah. if you can, as wet as you can. Uh, it's been a million years. Whatever you can to survive. Thing, yeah. But yeah, the first race of the season is hard because it was cold, cool a minute ago. Yeah, exactly. Well, like I said, up there, desert weather, you know, it's cold and then all of a sudden. Psh, yeah, it got windy know. later on. But yeah, we melted the first day or so. And, you know, just be ready when it's your time to get on stage. Yep. You got 20 minutes or so to play, and that's it. So, (laughs) have a time um, of your life. It was really neat. So, we started doing this new thing, which is the club is small. It's all about time, time frame on the track. So, when a rig breaks or whatever, anyhow, fails to come home. If you, they don't get too far off the track, where we now have permission to push them in. Oh, okay. And I got to push in two cars. Uh-oh. So uh, this uh, long chassis, that this guy bought one, and he always Ooh. taking it back to Florida and stuff, so he won't really be around. I forget his last name, but Bill. Um, those guys parked high and wide. So after the race, we slowed down. We stopped right there. It's like, if you can get that thing on the pavement, I'll give you a push home. Nice. You know, so it's it saved time on the, the turn workers yeah. and the track time and everything. And then in the second race, Sunday, it was kind of funny. So we take off. Rand, Randy blasts off into the corner. We follow him. We pass him in turn nine. We come by start finish. 
I'm waiting for Steve to come motor and buy and stuff. We're not really like taking off or anything. And there's Steve just past start finish. Uh oh. With an oil flag and an, uh, oh, oops. Oh, Turns out his clutch or whatever went up and smoke, put a hole in his cases. Oh no. Uh, I got catastrophic. Kuril- yeah, I got a Corolla rod. It shouldn't be my rods. Oh, so no. we're waiting to find out about him. Hopefully and it's not that expensive. Randy never actually came back and went back by. We gave him a good run and see how he's doing, and all of a sudden there he is, parked high on the outside of turn two. Uh-oh. So I ended up pushing him home. Almost, well, almost the whole track. We went up, up through the Omega and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah, exactly. Turn two. Wow. wow. So well, you, everyone got home safely, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No incidences. A couple funny motors. This and that. Everybody had a great time. We had 11 rigs on the That's track. a lot as well, you know, which yeah. is really, really cool. We don't usually have that much. Exactly. So, you know, welcome back, uh, SRA. And I'm glad that uh, we're in Arma are taking you in. And we'll talk about that shortly. Uh, I want to talk about a couple of our sponsors here, you know, talking about track days, uh, fun track days. Uh, August was here uh, last month, and uh, I guess right now uh, we are already in May. So uh, they're going to be running a track day on May 12th and 13th over at Thunder Hill uh, West on the 12th and the East on the 13th. These guys are great because what they do is they, they, they personalize it where, you know, they got a... a Four riders and then maybe an instructor, something like that. So they want to make sure that they, they, you know, watch what you're up to and uh, give you any advice. And they'll actually ask you. They'll come by when you're sitting in the pits and go, hey, man, how do you feel? And, you know, you get to talk about uh, going out there and uh, work and improve on anything from there. And it's always nice to have someone actually ask you. And then you guys can work on it together. Because, I mean, all this stuff, I mean, back in the old days, you had to learn by yourself when you barely had it. There were no track days. You just went out there and, you know, sank or swim, you know. Know, nowadays you have the the uh, well you have a whole bunch of uh, top of the line X racers and riders who are there to give you their knowledge and all they want to do is make sure you have fun and uh, go out there and uh, don't get into any trouble you know so that that's a big one you know so uh, anyhow uh, also AFM boy oh boy is I'm off for a little bit I'm kind of a Jones and I guess you could say uh, June 29th and 30th the next race is going to be at Thunder Hill Raceway and uh, gonna be uh, glad to go out there and uh, work on my overheating problem and uh, just keep knocking down the times and having fun it's my first year out there and uh so uh it's a lot of fun and uh yeah i like thunder hill it's a very fun course as well so uh maybe i'll talk to august and see if i can get out there wade thunder hill west and east so we got a few weeks to work on that and maybe he'll be here next week and we can grill him about that yeah (laughs) be nice yeah right on so uh, again thank you meeting the radio for having us here and uh pam tastic you know she always has her uh her shows here on uh Monday, she, uh, you know, has the joke workshop from uh, six to eight, and uh, basically, as a comedian, it's uh, it's a nice place to come out here and uh, test your jokes for the first time. You're going to get feedback from the folks here that are in the same position, and uh, you get to work on things. You know, I think of it like a composition class. And uh, what's nice is once you get uh, so far, uh, I guess, uh, how do you say, uh, a little bit of a time under your uh, under the mic or behind the mic, you can go to happy hour open mic on Friday. I guess, from six to eight and uh, apply your wares and uh, start getting out there and doing laps so to speak and then uh, Pam Tastic's Comedy Clubhouse is always on uh, Fridays from eight to ten and uh, she has a great time a lot of these folks come from uh, out of town to uh, you know uh, again uh, tell their jokes and uh, have make everyone laugh and uh, you know that's a wonderful thing and uh, you can always find her at Mini Radio 
www.mutinyradio.fm and uh, as well you know Sunday through Saturday with there's boy between I guess uh, 10 a.m. and uh, midnight there are so many shows uh, you know usually they're hour or two hour increments and uh, cover a, a ton of subjects you know we here at Racers Alley likes to talk about uh, you know our pals and racing and talk to folks in the industry and uh, Monday we have our sister uh, forever two wheels show and uh, from 8 to 10 they actually also discuss motorcycles racing uh, get a little bit more factually detailed about what's going on uh, throughout the uh, the season so that's really nice and I listen to Steve and the boys out there as well well uh, Milk Crate Brian's going to throw on some tunes here and we'll be uh, taking a little break and get back to you again thank you for being uh, I mean uh, Mutiny Radio and listening to Racers Alley right on right on Brian alright we got a little blast from the past we're going to play a little Smashing Pumpkins off their first album Gish this one's called Bury Me awesome
Welcome back to uh, Racer's Alley on Meet Any Radio here in the heart of the mission. And, uh, yeah, we have uh, Milk Crate Brian tonight uh, spinning some tunes. And uh, Subculture Racing Wade Boyd, also a regular co-host here. Actually, both these boys are part of the Wrecking Crew. And, uh, yeah, we're having a good time discussing uh, the racing this weekend. And we'll be talking about uh, Milk Crate's uh, new SR500 project. But uh, before that, I want to mention, uh, you know, last week uh, we had uh, Moto Bird here. And they do uh, adventure tours. And uh, uh, Carrie actually uh, has a really nice uh, setup where uh, a few ladies can go out, uh, men if you want, ladies with their friends. But anyhow, uh, she does tours, I guess, throughout the uh, uh, certain parts of the U.S. and uh, certain parts of uh, South America, depending, uh, I believe it looks like uh, here and uh, some California, Lost Coast, Central Coast, and uh, Baja dual sport type of thing. So uh, you can always get a hold of her. Uh, she's a Moto Bird Adventures. And uh, boy, uh, let's see, Brian, uh, 
uh, is there a, a dot com on there? My eyes are so yeah, bad. Yeah, it is motobirdadventures.com. I don't know if it's on here, but I'm pretty sure that's the site. Oh, yeah, there it is. There, right on, right on. Yeah. And her next one is the California Central Coast ride, uh, which is going to be really fun. If you've never been to the Central Coast, there's lots of great riding out there, and that's May sure 17th is. through the 20th. Go to her website for details if you want to sign up, ladies. Yeah, that's right around the block, and a uh, great time of year, actually, to go out there. And uh, I believe even if you don't have a bike, uh, she may be, able to, may be able to steer you towards a bike. And I believe it's through Double Jew. I believe Double uh, yeah, Jew is her preferred uh, uh, vendor for yeah, that. So she must around. do some kind of discount or something. And the folks at Double Jew are just great. Yeah, they've been around a long time. They're here in the heart of the mission as well, down in Mission. And uh, they rent all types of bikes, which is really nice. So basically, if you uh, come, uh, if you come join, uh, if you come to visit California, Moto Birds is a nice way to go, and uh, she can set you up with bikes, and you can actually do some nice touring. You know, uh, uh, my, I assume some of my listeners aren't in San Francisco or <laughs> in this state, so we'll, we'll see from there. But uh, anyhow, uh, yeah, boy, oh boy, exciting news. Uh, Armin Powell, uh, he was here not too long ago and uh, discussing uh, how he's now doing uh, Baja racing on his, uh, I believe it's a VW Bug of sorts. Uh, yeah, it's a VW Bug chassis. I've y- seen it out in uh, Santa Rosa or wherever he lives. Oh, nice. Okay, so uh, yeah, he's uh, he's uh, just started uh, got going out there. Uh, it's been a lifelong dream, and uh, God bless his soul. He decided at 50 to actually do it, which to me is just so great. I mean, uh, the thing of just being a, a desert racer at that age is just so, so awesome, because uh, I love that. So anyways, he did really well this weekend and finished, and uh, we'll have him here next week or so and uh, tell you adventures, uh, craft racing. Congratulations, Armin. Uh, it's great to finish, you know. I mean, that's, yeah. that's half the thing of a desert race. It's a matter of attrition as well. I mean, uh, he and his pal, which I'll get his co-pilot's name in the future. I mean, that's uh, congrats. That's that's really cool and tough. You know, yeah. it's like really neat. <laughs> so yeah. Anyhow, uh, well, we have a new addition to the family. That I guess a uh, well, new addition, kind of modified. Uh, uh, Milk crate Brian here has uh, taken his lovely SR500 and gave uh, it a total rebuild. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's been quite the process. I want to say I picked up this bike. Uh, right around when I started at the new Crate Colt location near DeBose Park, my garage uh-huh. where I work out of. Nice. Um, if you ever want help with your bike and it's not fuel injected, um, you can hit me up on Twitter. Uh, the handle is at Crate Colt. Direct message me and I'll let you know where the garage is. It's kind of private information because we don't like to piss off the neighbors. Um, nice. But yeah, around the time I got that garage, I'd been looking for a new project and an SR500 popped up on Craigslist for 800 bucks. And it ran. Or, I mean, it did run. The guy kicked it for me when I went to pick it up in a little starting fluid. And it bum, 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 bum. And it sounded pretty good. Uh, So I took it home with me. And I thought I'd clean it up a little bit. And then just ride it. And the whole idea was, from the get-go, I'm not going to put too much into this. I'm going to ride it until it blows up. And then I'm going to rebuild it. Well, for, for our folks out there, our, our listeners, I mean, uh, SR500, uh, Brian, exactly what is that? What year is it? So that's a 1979. They made them in 78 and 79. They proved not to be very popular in the U.S. market because thumpers were kind of a dying breed by yes. then. People wanted more than one cylinder in their motorcycle. A little more horsepower. Um, and this bike was uh, designed to be as thoroughly simple as possible by the Japanese. Uh, it's kickstart only. 
Um, Which is a liability nowadays for folks, just like having a stick shift in a car. A lot of people yeah, have no don't idea. Don't worry so much about people stealing it. They wouldn't know how to get it started. Although it does have a little kick indicator, which helps. You know, there's a little metal tab you can see through a sight glass. It'll tell you right when that bike is just past top dead center and you can kick it easily. So it's a single cylinder kickstart motorcycle, folks. Yeah. Single overhead cam, two valves, one intake, one exhaust. Just about as dead simple as it can get. Awesome. Or one would think until things start to go wrong with it. And you did have that issue for a while. You were chasing carburetor issues. I was chasing carburetor issues. Um, I had a hell of a time working with the stock carburetor, uh, which is a carburetor that was really ahead of its time. Uh, It's one of the very early... Pumper carbs, uh, which yeah. for folks that don't know with that, on a, on a thumper, you have a big issue if you whack the throttle wide open fast because you don't have another cylinder firing to drag you along. So you need to do something special. And what they came up with is let's squirt a little bit of gas in there. Hmm. Um, so it had a pumper carb and it had an air cutoff valve and all kinds of funky diaphragms from the 70s, which undoubtedly had some pinholes in them get old <laughs> and i'm sure alex remembers me coming into the bar every oh saturday swearing about how this damn carburetor has 95 parts on the parts fish and one day he told me why don't you just chuck that thing over your shoulder and find out what the the boys are running on the forums online so we I, we ditched that and we got uh one of the very simple Makuni vm series carburetors nice um which are dead simple it's just a pilot set a choke and a main jet simplicity yeah it's a it's a simple round slide carburetor and you just pull and it goes um and that that sorted a lot of things out for me it made it a lot easier to tune manageable now and then manageable. you can work on other sites but, other but things boy if I, i'm sure you remember i still spent about a month with a you know excel spreadsheet of different jetting sizes and clip positions and cutoffs and all of that yeah i mean uh, when you when, when you tune something especially if you tune something for from from uh, nowhere you have to set a baseline folks so i mean that's what brian was basically going through is just like you got to figure out uh, you know uh, which which chords sound the best so to speak and i got it running but it always felt like it lacked power and there was a funny noise from the top end now these Mm. srs have a lot of clatter because you got a valve in there about the size of a silver dollar opening and closing on each side and they're slappy and you can hear that because it's the engine is just reflected right under a tank to you um but i knew something was wrong so one day once it became winter time i decided october-ish i'm gonna pull it apart and take a look um and well i'm not proud to say it but i ran that motor for about 300 miles with no oil going into the head dope yeah i had that problem uh, once in an r1 and uh, yeah it kind of sucks <laughs> yeah a testament to the reliability of the sr is that it was still running when i pulled it apart not very well but you could get down the street i could take my girlfriend at the time out to ocean beach and get a cup of coffee and have a little date on it now it was barely pulling but, but I mean, it got us out there in the city that shows how durable it is it's made to work in a you know yeah basically a third world country roads which is san francisco and uh, all type of weather conditions and uh, yeah the, the sucker just kept on going it kept going now i had totally trashed the cam i had totally trashed the, the rockers and what had caused it it still baffles to me me to this day how this could have happened 
but there's an oil screen. Uh, it's an oil and frame bike, like a lot of the old thumpers are. Um, and there's an oil screen on the down tube going back to the engine to return the oil. Uh-huh. Now, that has a little nipple on the end, which uh, something sort of akin to a brake line fits on to return return the oil. Yeah. Now, it wasn't on the outer side of the screen that was clogged in the flow of the oil, some little piece of plastic, which looked, which was blue and looked sort of like, you know, like a butt connector for electricals, yep. had gotten inside <laughs> there and was choking off the oil. So just yeah. a little drop would come out. And in retrospect, that made a lot of sense because the motor would be quiet when it would start. But if I'd ride it for 10 miles, it would start clacking. Start, yes, so yeah, what would happen is overnight that oil would just slowly leak past whatever that piece of debris was and fill up the case again so that it could get pumped up to the head but every time i was going more than four or five miles that head was running dry and was clacking like hell yeah um so yeah just totally shredded uh the rockers you know rockers are usually supposed to have a nice little bulge to them where they meet with the cam mine were the opposite they were i I forget in science class if that's convex or concave (laughs) but they were just trashed and i saved them because one of these days i'm going to make an art piece called mistakes were made (laughs) and i'm going to put all my mistakes on display welded together well that's part of riding yeah we've all started and boy yeah i have a bucket full literally at my parents house yeah uh, i got a milk crate of interesting parts parts. you know it's like when are you going to get rid of those alex and uh those are memories exactly yeah i can't some of them i can't throw out 600 yeah you name it it's just like uh that's part of the process as well where a lot of people would give up we don't and uh we make things better and uh boy your bike is beautiful now and apparently uh yeah you just got her uh you're dialed in and uh yeah, the motor looks great on the outside. Uh, for the folks, uh, it's like a, instead of a, having a powder coated black, it's the standard, you know, aluminum, uh, uh, I guess you could call casting look. Casting but, uh, look. I did a two tone thing. So that bike I discovered actually has a TT500 engine in it. So somebody must have blown up that SR engine and then swapped in the TT because it's got nice low end torque because it's more of a fun bike. It was never meant to be plated on the street. Nice. Um, so that's cast in black. And everything I rebuilt, I just had them strip. I didn't want them to powder coat it or anything because it's an air-cooled motor. That's beautiful looking. And, uh, so you can really see what I rebuilt because everything that's gray and shiny up top has been redone. Yeah. And everything that's black and old below is the stock. original stock. So so you went one over, right? I went one over. Um, yeah, so, so I had Gary Hoos of Gary Hoos Racing in Iowa. Wow. He's kind of the guru, guru out there on okay. SR500s, and he also works on the XS650. Uh, yeah. Those old Yamahas. Oh, Mike Wade knows about. Uh-huh. You had an XS650 before? Uh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> I, I got a, I got a, a miler. I'm, I'm trying to put a 750 top in in one of those motors. And now we just heard of someone who can do that. <laughs> yeah, talk to Gary Hoos. He really knows his stuff. And uh, I shipped him out my uh, cylinder and my head. And he bored me out uh, one over, one millimeter over, which is two sizes up. Nice. Um, so it's about 512 cc's now. Uh, and he put in uh, Yamaha in later years on the SRs, uh, made bigger valves. 
So he ground okay. me out for the larger valves. More um, power. Did a very simple port and polish. Just took off the very easy septum kind the of burrs. deviation in there. The easy stuff. Uh, I didn't do anything with the cam or the compression ratio, so I'm not going too crazy on it. Wow. Um, here in California, we only get 91 octane gas, and going up to 10-1 compression ratio, I'd probably really need about 93. It's uh, what Gary was telling me, so I trust him because he's the expert. And also, I mean, you want to have it for riding around the city. I mean, it's not you're not going to be racing for the most part, and longevity. No, you know, that right front now, wheel still wants over, to come up. I'm just saying, with that, yeah, one over now, that thing should be a a, a nice handful, make you smile, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's quite the handful. But Gary did very quality work. Awesome. Um, I I had a snafu though with UPS and. I don't know even if I told Alex because I was so mad at the time. I didn't even want to talk about it. But Gary sent it back to me, and I knew it was going to arrive on a Thursday. And I live in an apartment building, so I said, well, UPS, sometimes they won't drop it off unless you're home, so I'm going to stay home from work, and I'm going to get it. Yeah. And and nobody rings the doorbell 4 or 5 o'clock, and then I look on my email, and I see package was delivered. And I ran downstairs. Oh, God, maybe they left it on the front stop. There's no package there. Uh, So I called up UPS furious, screaming at them on the phone. And, of course, they had no idea what happened. Um, And I I was very, very upset. And I figured, oh, I better go around the neighborhood looking for it. Somebody might have stole this package, taken a two blocks away, opened it up, and realized there's nothing worth it in it. It's not something you can sell, but it's worth a lot. Yeah. And I did that, and I didn't find it either. And one of my friends told me to go on that nextdoor.com, which is like Facebook for old people or something, right? Like you bitch about your neighbors and huh, interesting. Com- complain about the people that you know play music late into the night or you know, into that. <laughs> suspicious activity. Um, so I posted on there, and somebody told me that our UPS driver in our area is kind of dyslexic and that he's got a habit of delivering packages to the wrong address. So I went to my other neighbor's houses and I knocked on everybody's doorbell and I asked them about it and nobody had seen my package. So I gave up and I was ready to throw in the towel. Um, Sunday night, I'm sitting around at my apartment with my friend and uh, the doorbell starts ringing. I said, I didn't order takeout. Uh Uh, This must be for somebody else. So I open up my window and I stick my head out and I go, hey, you got the wrong number. And the guy goes, no, I got your package. And he lived at the middle of the block, and they had delivered it to the entirely wrong address, to a residential single-family home that clearly didn't have 10 apartments in it, like mine did. So they got the whole apartment number thing wrong, and he gave it to me. And I was happier than a kid on Christmas. Wow. So that's awesome. Someone actually just went to the wrong place. Yeah, good neighbor. I gave him uh, some flowers and a bottle of wine the next day because he really saved my ass. I was very depressed about that because, you know, I just paid all that money for the work. Too yeah. and the package was only insured for fifty bucks, and it was. Uh, and you'd have to find everything. In China there. Or something yeah. Too. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I could see how that would be upsetting because everything was kind of one off. You uh, know, everything you, with that bike has been like that. Been, uh, but now it's beautiful. It's out front of the uh, radio right now, and it's a beautiful afternoon or well, evening. It's still nice and light out. It's very warm here, and uh, thank you for listening to Racers Alley. And then, you know that's awesome, uh, Brian. Congratulations on that. That's great. Thank you. you know, if you have some time, I'd like to tell you a little more about my For pain sure. with it. No, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I want to get my pain out here. This is kind of like wow. therapy. 
Um, so, you know, I've rebuilt engines before. I've rebuilt my KLR 650, bumped it up to 685. Yeah, I know. You're really you're all that. accomplished, So I'm, I'm pretty actually. familiar with slapping a piston and a ring set back in and getting the cam dialed in. So sure enough, I did that and put the motor back in the frame and tried to kick it and nothing happened. Um, so I pulled it back apart and something weird I noticed which should have been a red flag to me, was that the timing mark on the cam side of the engine did not match the timing mark on the alternator side of the engine. So, silly me, I thought, well, one of the two's got to be right. So, I retimed the cam to the alternator side of the engine, buttoned it back up, put it back in the frame, kicked it, kicked it, kicked it. It did nothing but kickbacks and backfires on me. Nearly broke my damn ankle. Yeah, those things would kick back. You can definitely uh, feel it to throw you off the bike. It's not a fun thing. And so uh, it was a compression issue. Well, somehow. the compression was fine because those kickbacks were mighty strong. Huh. And I put my compression, Got compression meter on it. And I had about 140, 150 PSI, which is pretty good because the rings hadn't settled in yet. Okay. Um, so I racked my brain and I spent a lot of time on the internet Googling what it could be and looking at parts fishes. And that crank is a solid piece. And what holds that alternator flywheel on to the shaft is a woodruff key. Yeah, okay. And so we can see where this is going. What Folks, a woodruff key is just a little thingy. What would you think? It's like the little bit bigger than a pencil eraser. How would you describe that? Yeah, it's about that? the size of a pencil eraser. And what it does is it locates two round objects on a shaft. It keeps them from uh, becoming off center. And sure enough, what had happened is, as we heard before, of the two timing marks not lining up, uh, I had sheared that key. Not far enough that it broke, but just far enough that I was off on my timing by about five or seven degrees. Enough to make a huge difference. So n neither way of putting that one tooth over or one tooth forward was going to get that engine to run. It was always going to get it to just barely want to run. Kind of reminds yeah. me of your KLR a little bit, Wade. Yeah. I wonder if you have any yeah, timing we, issue. We still got to get I was one. feeling the same womp womp that you're getting. Yeah. Um, same thing, just different apparatus yeah yeah you can always tell when yeah anyhow um, so what happened so i pulled the motor out of the frame one more time so we're up at three and i set the timing on the cam back to the correct timing um and i bought a new woodruff key and i put it in and i called up my friends and i said it's gonna fire and they came over, and I kicked it, and I kicked it, and it didn't fucking fire. Uh-oh. <laughs> and uh, I put it in the garage, and I went to the bar, and I came back the next <laughs> week, and I kicked it a couple times, and it did fire. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, and I got on the bike, and I rode it down the street, and I said, I'm going to break it in. I make it a block a little bit past Molotov's, and the bike just dies. Huh. And I'm trying to kick it and kick it again. And now it's kicking back at me like all hell. Okay. I get that. Like before. I, I get that kickstart lever halfway down and bam, launching me over the handlebars. So, luckily, I thought I'm like, you know what? Could I have sheared another Woodruff key? And I yeah. take. And now I'm smart enough to know that it, the side of the key that you're going to shear is going to be the alternator side because it's a weaker key. So I didn't pull the motor out of the frame. Um, 
So I just popped off the alternator cover and used my flywheel puller and pulled it off. And sure enough, I had snapped the damn key in half again. Huh. Um, and what it was is I had not torqued that flywheel down hard enough. Oh. I had st- I did what I usually do on a motor, which is I sit on the seat and I stand on the rear brake in first and I take a big breaker bar and I pull it back in, until the wheel slips on the concrete behind me because that's as much as you can get well i guess i'm not fat enough i should have hired a big guy to sit on the back because i repeated that procedure and then i pulled out my torque wrench and i measured how much torque i'd gotten on that flywheel 35 foot pounds and it needs to be 70 oh so i had only torqued it halfway it was just spinning so i couldn't get it any further with that method so finally i said fuck it and i pulled out my redneck rattle gun and i have a rattle gun and i swore when i bought the rattle gun that i would never run it in the forward direction i made myself promise that i would never run it forwards Uh because those i've gotten so many bikes where somebody rattles it together and they over torque the hell out every Thing and you can't right get it off. But this time I said, you know what? I'm gonna whack it. So I put it on forward, rattled it as tight as I can, and uh what did that torque to? I couldn't measure it because I I uh, couldn't get the amount of it grip was millions. It. It's probably it's probably two hundred foot pounds. No, I've got a crappy battery operated uh DeWalt because I have no power in my garage. So it can't really be any more than ninety foot pounds, which is probably okay. Um, but I buttoned it up and I said, nice. and none of my friends are around this time to laugh at me. So I thought that I would put my camera up so that I could, we could laugh about how many times it would take me to kick Kicker. it and get it started because it had just gotten together. Well, sure enough, I set the camera up, hit record and get on there, you know, go past the kick indicator, right past TDC. First kick, it fires up. Oh, success. First kick. And now nice. ever since, every first kick on that bike has been a success. So and I am happy. very, very proud of myself. <laughs> All I did that night was drive it to the bar and stare at it out the window. Yeah, I was there. Of course, I pushed <laughs> I it home because I live across the street. And nice. I sat at the bar at night watching the video of me kicking it. So much, Room. So much that a girl came up to me and she said, is that your Tinder profile? I well, said, well, it probably should be. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. And then, then the story went on from there. But that's yeah. awesome. But yeah, that's, I was, I was glad to be there when you brought that up. And yeah, you were very, very happy. I was Big so smiles, excited. you know. Yeah. Well, it's always nice to actually, you know, a, a, a project actually when it actually works you, you finish know. it and it works yeah Damn. Damn. So all i'm to do is ride it around and yeah, show it to the people turn and let of the key it. you know it's just like come on baby and just like pop, 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 pop. you know yeah i've been with wade with you for many of those in, in time i remember the first time you came when you're uh weebub you know your pontiac you yep. know like alex get in the car you know, and it was an honor, actually. You know, Wade, Wade's had that since, uh, boy, you know, high school. High school. And it's a, a Pontiac a 19... 39. 1939. 39. We got it out of a junkyard for 40 bucks. We bought another one for 40 bucks. I uh, got a 54 motor and a 39 four-door. Totally. I was told grandma's car. Uh, so I tried to spruce it up and make it not grandma's car. So, you know, we had a... Uh, San Francisco had a 1939 World's Fair. Oh, yeah. On Treasure Island. It was all built for all that and everything. So, anyhow, that's the theme to my car. And kind of means kind of anything goes. But so it's, I try to make it 
special. Yeah, it is. And uh, like I said, you know, I mean, uh, it's, it's it's always neat to, to build yeah. something and uh, and to have it work. And Brian, I mean, congrats. Boy, that was a year-long project, I imagine? Ooh. Yeah, I bought it. Wow. Uh, it's been over a year. Over. I, well, I blew it up less than a year ago. So right. I've had that bike since November of 2017. Okay. And yeah. I started the rebuild on it. Just this last uh, October. That's when me and my friend pulled it apart. Okay. Um, so it's been, it's really been about seven months. Nice. Yeah, you know, it, uh, it makes a big difference because, I mean, uh, I myself, I had a VMAX for a second and it was just like having a sailboat, throwing money in a hole, you know, and uh, I love that bike, but uh, sometimes you just have things that just don't work. And uh, in the end, it was like they didn't make the sport anymore. So good luck waiting to find that, you know, and, you know, it's it's You got to be smarter than than the surroundings or whatever. You got to get over all them humps. So that's a year's worth of. Of you got to stick with it. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. I am stubborn, and I was I'm, not yeah, giving up on stubborn. that stubborn. Yeah, exactly. That's I'm going to enjoy this. going to do it. <laughs> and so there, there's layers and levels of that. So my Pontiac took me 20 years to be able to drive that thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, you so I built that motor myself. Same kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, yeah, you get a nice thrill out of that thing shouldn't work, but I figured it out and 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 made it work. That's what all these little garages and stuff. And you know, if you're gonna go racing, you kind of gotta learn how to work on your own stuff. In general, for sure. Know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not gonna get very far, right? And for those of you that wanna learn to work on your own stuff, once again, please feel free to message me on Twitter at Crate Colt. Um, I I understand that. Uh, what's the place on Treasure Island? My brain is is getting destroyed right now uh, uh let's see here yeah they're the uh guild moto yeah guild. moto guild moto there you guild. can always go there as you well. know they they have paid classes that you can go and you should go before they close um and well uh, I, I actually, certainly won't steal any of their business but i also do one-on-one classes in my garage so if you'd like to direct message me at crate colt uh we can work on your bike buy the parts you come by We'll show. I'll guide you through the procedure, and at the end, you'll know how to do a quality repair, and you'll have mechanical confidence in yourself, which is just priceless. Exactly. I mean, like anything. I mean, having a private lesson. I mean, it's 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 nice to be able to have someone explain exactly what what's going on and why you're doing certain tasks. You yeah. Know, or very, very even important. if you you know you think you've got it mostly, and you just want somebody to watch over your back to make sure you don't screw up your brake job or something, you know, that could kill you. Yeah, just want exactly. another pair of eyes on Safety. it? Safety. Come by the shop. That's what we do. We're, we're there for you. That's awesome. And uh, by the way, Moto Guild is not necessarily going out of business. What Ooh. you can do is you can buy them if, if you have a million dollars. Check them out on their <laughs> website for sure because they, they are a franchise. And actually what they're doing from what I hear is uh, looking for a business partner or selling. So check out their website. Uh, as far as I know right now, they're just uh, looking for someone else. Uh, I guess they're, they're just looking for someone else to change ownership as far as that goes. So good luck to you guys out there because like uh, Brian was saying, and I mean, I've known a lot of folks that go out there, and they've helped a lot of folks. A lot of a lot of motorcyclists come into my shop. It's like, well, I'm kind of doing this at Motogul right now, and I just want to get the brake pads and fluid. And it's like, that's cool. It's like, yeah, well, I want to learn how to work on my bike myself. And 
just like Wade was mentioning earlier, yeah, you got to, in the end, if you really want to stick with what you're doing, you kind of got to learn how to fix it yourself. I mean, a motorcycle's a very personalized machine, so... Uh, Get a manual. Yeah. And yeah, then, you know, read it cover to cover. Yep, save yourself some cash. I mean, obviously, if there's anything over your head, I mean, that's when you take it to folks like Brian or, you know, Tokyo Moto or any type of shop or uh, ask some friends. I mean, because uh, over the over the time of writing, you're going to meet people and everyone's got our opinions. So, you know, just uh, ask around yeah. and go from there. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, we're going to take a little bit of a break. And then uh, from here on in, uh, boy, what, uh, 730? Heart of the Mission. Thank you for hanging out at uh, listening here uh, to Racers Alley at Meany Radio. Ryan's got some nice tunes going. I've got a little Beastie Boys track for you from uh, Paul's Boutique. Awesome. I threw the mattress in her face Took off her shirt Took off a bra Took off her pants You know what I saw? What? Oh, God. One, two. <laughs> but about now, I'd like to dedicate a song out to my main homie, Mike T. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> Ready? Go. Get on the mic. Get, get on the mic. Just get on the mic. Get, get on, on the, the mic, mic. Hey, let's be real. It's going to clap. The monsters don't spin MC. You must listen to. People say that they be missing me and missing you. Get on the mic and let's show them well, what you used to. You say fuck that. Your homes fuck this. I'm the king at wearing me your dick butt kiss. One half time. And another half soul. Nickname my D, not fat more jelly roll. Got busy in Frisco. Fool around in Fresno. Got over on your girlie because you know she never says Just no. Get on the mic. Just get on the mic. Get, get on the mic. Get on the mic, Mike. Well, Slide. No, 
daughters Yellies I'm Chris Hot cup of coffee and the donuts are dunkin' Friday night and Jamaica Queens funkin' Elevated rock I'm never gonna fall Riding over the diner where I always get my toes warm Bust into the conductor's booth that busted out rhymes Over the loudspeaker about the hard time Sat across from my man reading El Diario Riding a train down from the El Barrio Went from the station Let's go.
Racers Alley here in the heart of the mission, and uh, thank you, Milk Creek Brian, for putting on the tunes. That's always wonderful, and uh, of course. yeah, love the Beast Boys as well. So, a uh, beautiful afternoon or evening here at Meany Radio. It's still light, I'm calling it afternoon. That's our nice summer now, and uh, enjoying it. It's very warm and uh, great here. So, anyhow, uh, on the campfire, right? And then we have our campfire for our, our, our listeners. You can't see it, but I can, and maybe you can see a picture on a face of a book under Racers Alley. As well, and you know, I always want to invite any type of racers uh, out there, uh, anyone in the industry. If you ever want to uh, come by and be on the show, uh, we're here from six to eight on Thursdays. And uh, yeah, uh, any of you want to talk about what you're up to, thank your sponsors, you know, uh, thank your family, you know, talk about your future racing plans, or if you're in business, uh, like last uh, last week we had uh, Chris Crash Rotana here, and uh, it was wonderful. Uh, we were able to talk about his uh, leather business and how he repairs everything, and uh, at the site. You know, and uh, I will get you that information in a bit here. And uh, yeah, you know, as far as that goes, you know, we have a we have a, we have a lot of uh, folks helping us out. You know, uh, at one time, Benders and Molotovs gave us uh, support for going to the Isle of Man TT and uh, Tokyo Motor. Uh, they're our sister shop here, and uh, they help you out if uh, you need any uh, type of motorcycle service. And uh, to uh, one of our regular wrecking crew, Moto Tire Guy, he's not here tonight. But uh, if you ever need some tires put on your bike. He's definitely a person to go see. So anyhow, uh, we were back talking about the SR500 earlier and uh, what it took to get going. And congratulations again on doing that. Thank you again. Uh, the, the pleasure's all mine because now it's so fun to ride. Exactly. So yeah. can, uh, it's like, it reminds me of when I was riding my first bike in college, my old <laughs> CB360, and what that felt like once it was running on both cylinders and not just one of the two. Yeah, all of a sudden it's like, wow, power. Oh, yeah, lots of power. Yeah. So that uh, leads into, I guess, uh, boy, we got some exciting racing coming up soon. Again, uh, Wade just got back uh, with uh, Sidecars, SRA West. Uh, also, uh, Armor Boys uh, put them up out there. Uh, definitely uh, thank you at Willow Springs for hosting the event. Uh, turn workers and staff and all that. That, that always yeah. makes a huge Those difference. Those are great guys. Yeah, exactly. It's wonderful. Uh, so um, I guess what's next? Uh, for me, the, it'll be the mile. I'm going to go do some dirt tracking. Lodi Motorcycle Club is putting on the mile, and they're also they have a Friday night before the mile. And 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 they, I think that you know they go like every week, but many you know, uh flat track, short track. But they're putting the Lodi Lodi yeah. Club. Yeah, yeah, they've done that before. I mean, this is boy, this is a number of years now that you've been out there. So yeah, um, they've they've done it three or four or five years, whatever. Um, there's a couple um, clubs or whatever that have have done it, but the, this one and last year for sure, um, they've put on the, the Sacramento Mile Amateur Mile after the Pro Mile. Nice. So Saturday's a pro mile, and then uh, all the big boys that can be uh, sponsored. Big boys. Uh, you were just mentioning. I mean, uh, right now it's a Harley. 
Indian. Harley Indian. I think there's a, a couple of Kawasaki's and possibly a Yamaha too. Interesting. Uh, that'll be neat to actually see uh, what type of a uh, uh, well, actually, what manufacturers are up to as far as I guess uh, making a V twin. Is that what mainly what they're running, right? Yeah. 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 So so, it's, it's so it's been Harley for a million years, kind of sort of. Indian is back and has been really kicking some butt. But supposedly the other night it was a Yamaha out front, so no Ooh. telling what you'll find out. Gonna have to at pay attention. Sacramento Mile. Awesome. So uh, you'll be there on Sunday uh, again with the Lodi Boys, uh, the Lodi uh, Motorcycle Club. Lodi Motorcycle Club. A whole bunch of really good guys. They run this track at Lodi all the time, and anyhow, so they really pump it out. They got a good track. A whole bunch of good people doing it and everything. Awesome. Um, and so they get to go put on this mile once a year, and 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 so I built a bike just for that. And you're going to be taking your DTR1, which is it's a it's a 05 R1 skimpified and turned into a flat tracker. I didn't do hardly anything to it. It doesn't need any horsepower. It's got plenty. You just got to learn how to ride it. So make it as small as you can get it, and and make it a flat tracker. And in the flat trackers, you you had to build your own bike out of something, whatever it is. So I bit built the biggest baddest thing i get my hands on well wait i mean you started in your youth and uh for the folks out there our listeners i mean uh what exactly is a flat tracker wade basically it's a you're running on a dirt track you can run a cushion which is soft and loomy or i grew up on a blue groove it's almost road racing it's a dirt track you run Mm. basically smooth tires sort of minimum suspension on, on like the mile you only turn left you okay get, you got they call it four corners but you can cut it down into two big u-turns at 80 miles an hour and 100 they say 140 down a straightaway so that's what i've been chasing 140 wow now uh, my bike supposedly does like 135 and it'll do it on the rear wheel and uh do they have any brakes have rear brakes, no front brakes. So I can't imagine going 140 down the straight and without a front brake. It's it's so yeah you you get to hang it really quick. Wow. So <laughs> you learn where to shut off, and and where to hold your breath and and lean in, and see what you got. It's all about what your front tire going to do. Did you gauge it right? Are you on the line, or are you off in the dust? If hmm. you miss the line. You're going to go really wide, and you're going, to, you're going to be saying, stay off the hay bales, stay off the hay bales. Come on, just stay off the hay bales. But if you get the line, you just hug the line, and you stay in there. You got good traction, and you start working on giving it some throttle. And like, you know, squeeze at a time, a little more, a little more, a little more. Wow. You, you ever know? done that, Brian? No, I've never done that. Not having a front brake scares the hell out of me. Yeah, it's a very interesting concept. And uh, well, now your SR five hundred seems like a bike. Yeah, that, that used uh, to be a flat uh, tracker so bike, huh? It's yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of the same thing. Just just blink and the, and the front brake's not there. When you back that throttle off from being wide open, that's kind of a so break. That's kind of a break. You can interesting. You, okay. You yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see just that. by doing that, you upset. And change everything, and you can pitch it into a slide. Gotcha. All but right. you, technique. in the amateur classes, pretty much you're going too fast, and nobody slides. <laughs> and it's a road race. Okay. So it's pretty much going to make that corner. 
Nice. If you're eating, if you're halfway close at all, I'm going to say the the line is six inches to a foot wide, and then you narrow it down. You're not just going to. You're not in theory. You're not just going to blow up. But if you got an if you got an R1, so I blitzed this guy one time. I blitzed him going into turn three. Just as he backs off, I went by him like he was parked. <laughs> Poof. Just like you should and everything. And then I went, uh, dude, you just missed the line. Uh, I went in really deep, and then I totally missed the line, went really wide, and I was saying, uh, just keep it off the hay bales. Keep it, keep, <laughs> keep it off the hay bales. What's this thing going to do when I fire it? So you have to kind of line it up, uh, getting your traction and everything just right, and because you're sliding, you're you're heading for the hay bales, and yeah, and you gotta fire it. You gotta go. Okay, I'm ready, and and you then you just fire it and spin that thing, and and it's gotta pull you out of there. Yeah, get you out of trouble. <laughs> Power helping you out. Wow. Yep. yep. Yo, apparently. Uh, there are a couple of types of, uh, of uh, that type of racing, and you were mentioning earlier TT, which, again, the SR500 is uh, appropriate for. No, I've done a little TT track over at Hollister. That's usually what I warm up on. Ooh. And I, I take enough Ooh. laps until I start oh, spinning I know the rear track. tire, and then I know I'm ready to go out on the big boy trails. Because yeah. that first spin always scares me. It always makes me yeah. tense up, but I got to get it out of my system because then when it happens for real, I'm not scared. So yeah, I do do their little TT track. There you go. I, I like to start there, too. I have a hard time getting off of that track. No. <laughs> <laughs> I could be stuck there all day long. Yeah, nice. I get you. Right on. You take a. Well, Christine's bike, uh, I guess you're going out on this weekend. We're, yeah, we're going to go out and do this little mini thing. We got permission and everything. We're going to ride a KX100. Good. Nice. Two strokes. Nice. Yeah, and two stroker. Uh, she ripper. hasn't ridden her bike in like five years. Just come out and play, ride around. Go as fast or as slow as you want. Nobody really cares. Yeah, it's Ride just going your to bike. fun. It's going to be know. a beautiful weekend. Yeah. Yeah, nice. So that, yeah. that's hopefully our, our mission. That's what I got planned. Hopefully it'll pull, we can pull it off. Cool. And I believe, uh, boy, the uh, SFMC is having their 115th anniversary. That's what I heard. Yeah, they're over here. Big on, party. Uh, which one? Yeah, they're having a, they're having a shindig. That's a, uh, next Sunday, Sunday is that 5th, correct? I believe yeah. Sunday the fifth. I also have yeah. another announcement about SFMC related rides. Yeah, and uh, I have to say this very delicately because this is the type of event that we don't really publicize too much. Um, it's an event uh, with the scooter folk uh, over at I believe they're called Black Sheep scooter society secret scooter society excuse me but in the past there's been a ride uh known as mods versus rockers yeah i'm gonna do that for the first time yeah and they follow those guys around or what yeah they spy on them i'm a rocker (laughs) so we'll be starting at the rocker side um and i don't want to give too many details but if you (laughs) are the kind of person that can search this out you know they say those that say don't know and those that know don't say and this is certainly one of those rides yeah i'm I'm looking very forward to that if i can borrow a uh like to borrow a w6 
50 or something. Oh, we're going to be like bit. period correct. But, uh, we're going to be cosplaying. Yeah, we'll Alex. see if I can get that together before the uh, before the ride. It's a nice old Kawasaki bevel drive, which is just like those old Triumphs back in the day. It's even a Kickstarter, actually. That's, that's so oh. that's funny. That's so alien to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? To block uh, off your calendars, that's not this weekend, but it's sometime next weekend. Yeah, it is next weekend. Uh, again, on, uh, yeah, the, yeah, following Sunday. Saturday, yeah. Saturday. It starts at three. I think it's Saturday. Yeah, so we'll figure it out. But yeah, yeah. no, yeah, you guys figure it out. We'll go from there. But uh, yeah, anyhow, um, we're going to uh, see some good racing soon with uh, Wade out there on the mile on uh, Sunday and uh, a couple of Sundays from now. That'll be great. And uh, well, Brian, you know, congratulations on your on your uh, SR five hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Uh, Get them wheelies together, you know, it'd yeah. be nice. Get the gearing down and go from there, you know. It's awesome. Right on, right on. Well, uh, I guess we're going to have a little bit more music on, unless any of you boys got anything to say. Uh, thanking anyone, sponsors, Wade? Um, I'm, 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 I'm totally out of gas. I'm not sure. I don't really have a lot of sponsors. Well, uh, let's Sports thank Christine craft. on a happy yeah. birthday for her. There you go. <laughs> All right, yeah. She's my biggest sponsor. Right on. Yep. Cheers, Christine. Happy birthday. All right. We've got one here from uh, Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats off their new album, Wasteland. (laughs) Cheers, guys.
All right. Well, you know, I want to thank all the listeners out there uh, for enjoying us here at Mutiny Radio. Thanks uh, for listening to Racers Alley. And uh, thank you, Milk Crate Brian. And thank you, Wade Boyd, for being here. And I'm glad that, uh, boy, we've had such a great week and a weekend and uh, lots, of, lots of great stuff to be uh, uh, looking forward to in the future. You know, uh, good racing coming on. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, have next next week, you know. Uh, Everything. TT's coming up, too. So oh, yeah, big hideout are, to all the TT fans exactly uh, let's say hey a lot uh, give a good shout out there and uh may everyone have fun yeah boy yeah that's right around the corner it's yep. already may i didn't yep. even think northwest about that. 200 tt uh, all that stuff oh it's, boy it's you know it's great race other side of the planet exactly right on right on well uh say goodbye fellas and uh thank goodbye, you listeners. listeners cheers uh and thank you for enjoying racers alley at mutiny radio Sorry. That's the hot ticket there. My stuff's DJ on everything, of course. Cool. Producing. You can April. find me on YouTube too. DJ Lockhead. I only got 36 views. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll, well let's the keep the show rolling now. Oops. <laughs> let's bring our, our other guest here. Uh, 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 my friend. I know she's been patiently sitting with us fools here as we blabber away. <laughs> Welcome, Marsha. Marsha Roberts, ladies and gentlemen. Let's have a nice round of applause for Marsha. And uh, uh, nice to have you. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing fine. Thank you. Um, well, we talked about what we were going to be getting into. We, we had a different, couple of different um, directions we could go. Oh, we, uh, just let the music uh, segue into well, when then we'll start talking. Okay. You're listening to House of Pride Radio Live from San Francisco every week, every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. We're talking with Marshall Roberts, a San Francisco resident now. I am. But not always a San Francisco resident. Uh, Well, tell us about it. It was about a year and a half ago that I was still a resident of Chowchilla State Prison. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, well, she's out now, thank God, and she's on our show to tell us about some delicious recipes that the ladies over in Chowchilla had come up with uh, during her tenure at Chowchilla Women's Correctional Center. Does it include ramen? Oh, yeah. Ramen is a staple, you know. Ramen's a staple. Now, did they have ramens available for you all? Yes, but they're they're $1.15 each. Or at least they were. Oh, okay. So not everyone could afford it. No. Because no. you were, even though all the ladies work, tell us about the dismal pay. Oh, yeah. Like kitchen work, eight cents an hour. Did you hear that, she run? Eight yeah. cents. Eight cents, girl. An hour. That's how much I used to make. No. <laughs> Well, well, might as well have been. when you work the street that's all you could command <laughs> so what's gonna come out to monthly now, you're, now she's up to a quarter <laughs> maybe nine dollars here now so yeah. so it's hard to keep yourself in ramen yeah yeah, yeah. you need you like can. family support or yeah you, you, it, it takes more than work to afford ramen noodles absolutely yeah it takes like a care it, get like a soda? care patch, oh, package no. soda no no well i want to know how you all make hooch 
Hooch. <laughs> Never made it myself. There's a disclaimer. Right, folks. You heard it here. Marsha Roberts never made hooch herself because no, it know. is uh, prohibited. Very prohibited. However. Yeah. Make it however, blind. However, um, I had roommates who made it. It's and, and it's a not foul that mix. not that you're snitching on on some of them. Oh who, no! Yeah. No. <laughs> no, 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 that's another declaimer. Snitches get stitches. Yes, <laughs> she runs. <laughs> do you, take note, she runs. <laughs> if you if you ever do time, girl. <laughs> oh, I know what I'll be doing if I ever do time. Honey. Trust me, I'll be on top of that person. So, folks, oh, you, don't drop the soap. If anyone oh, has I'll any, drop that soap. <laughs> don't they use like hand soap? Uh, uh, <laughs> anyone has any questions about prison? life do call us here at 415-724 no that's my cell phone (laughs) (laughs) 415-550-0511 that's 415-550-0511 i'm so sorry to get Uh, (laughs) so hooch it's spelled h-o-t-c-h no No. h-o-o-c-h hooch it's also known as pruno yeah, oh. Pruno. It's foul stuff. I wouldn't even try it. Foul stuff. And are there like different ways of uh, like to make it? Like uh, apparently, there... different people have different recipes. Um, ketchup seems to be a staple. You have to get some fresh fruit. Um, you put bread in there for the the yeast. In where, tell us the hope. You put it where? Oh, you put it. I'm sorry. In a big plastic bag. Okay. And it goes inside a toilet somewhere. You hide it somewhere in the cell. (laughs) Where, how many places can one possibly hide hooch in a cell? Um, Chowchilla, we had pretty large cells. It was an eight-person cell. So, it's not a dorm setting. Um, They're individual cells with four bunk beds and four lockers. Oh, so you can squeeze some hooch somewhere. Yeah, be super creative, though. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, very creative, because there are always random searches. Yeah. It's scary. And so... There you are, being exposed to somebody making hooch. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. And you can get in trouble for it. Yeah. Or for telling. But I you're mean, a DJ as well, though, right? No. No? No. Oh. What, is she? what? No. Are you high? I thought she was, <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was a DJ, too. No, I've just been friends with Tweeka. Oh, like, okay. I'm sorry. Before like, Tweeka well, came out, no, Tweeka used stuff. to come... <laughs> Put on her makeup at my house. Oh, yes, back in, in the day. Kitty drag, kitty yes. drag, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Back in the day. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Um, so you were one of these exceptional um, tenants of Chowchilla, where you really helped other ladies there. You made things for some of the less fortunate. Oh, yeah, I did um, some different projects. I did a, a knitting project. We would make blankets for. Um, foster children um i i worked with the school for a while i did some tutoring and um i also taught yoga classes while i was in prison so um thankfully they let me go a little early for good behavior that does exist awesome and yeah creating a new i was there for let's see i was arrested in 2008 and I was released in 2016, oh, so eight years goodness. total between yes. county jail and prison. Uh, yeah. It's the real deal, Shiran. Mm-hmm. No, I can't. I know they put me in the drunk, the drunk holding tank. I nearly died in there. Well, you don't have a choice, girl. That's the worst. Yeah, no choice. I would have sworn I couldn't do it either, but you know, yeah. just 
keep to myself. Uh, and what's fabulous what uh, about San Francisco here is that they have some amazing rehabilitation programs for people who uh, get out of jail. And, and I think mm-hmm. I, I was like, come up here, come up here. And it worked out. It did. You came and picked me up. I came and I remember that day clearly. <laughs> I got so car sick. I hadn't been in a vehicle in years. I was so car sick. And where's Chachala again? It's a, it's a two-hour drive. Yeah, I know yeah. it's not too far. Centro, uh, past Merced. It's like okay. a sensation shock when you get out of... Oh my God! It's it was like sensory overload, yeah. big time. And I think we stopped at a big Kmart or something, and, and that was scary. Yeah. I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle it. There was too many people, and there were too many things to yeah. choose from. It's not you know? simple enough. No, it's, it's no. way too complexified. Yeah. I had a cousin who was in prison for like all of his twenties, probably from twenty up until mm-hmm. he was thirty, and um, he got out and. It kind of like is new for him too. Yes. You know, very. I had to get adjusted to it. it Fortunately, he did. While. Fortunately, he did. You know, some people just can't get it back into that mode. You know, mm-hmm. of life. You know, it's um, hard. Really you can't the world it, gets you know, complicated. It's just, it's, it, it gets more complicated while you're in there, yeah. and, and then you get back out. Exactly. It's going to be crazy. Especially it's all the technology that yeah. passed up and everything yes. during his time. You know what I mean? Learning to yeah. use a cell, a smartphone was. A huge challenge for me. Um, I have issues with that. I'm not even. So do I. Yeah. But like here in San Francisco, just the amount of help available is it's overwhelming. Um, different programs. I got a free culinary education nice. through Episcopal Community Services. Um, they also ran a housing opportunities program, a rent subsidy program. So I have my own apartment now. Yeah. Nice. In the city. Yeah. And I live perfect. by myself. Which is crazy. Like, who who can afford to live by themselves in the city? Right. But I do. I have a great job. Um, um, I'm a chef with, I probably shouldn't say the name, but it's a well-known um, institution. Yeah. And I have a really good life. Okay. So. Yeah. And she, well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm your friend, but if I'm trying to be objective, it's, well, you also have the right... Um, uh, qualities to excel in the programs that they put in your place yeah. like not anyone can do it right. you have to want it yes, and you have to exactly. be willing to do the work yes. yeah not everyone is a lot of people just want a handout or yeah. or a free deal. ride yeah. um but easy. if you're willing to do the work the help is there yeah. so this city is amazing in some ways yes Believe it, it is not, she yes, even it though is. it smells yes, and it it's dirty and free whatnot. college here sorry yeah. san francisco but you you're, yes, you're again on my college. bad side i still love you though free education here this is a great place to live it is a fantastic place to live with the weather and volunteer opportunities. I do some volunteer work. Oh, can you tell us about that one thing you do on Sundays? On Sundays, yes. I um, I work, I answer phones at San Francisco Suicide Prevention. Nice. And um, yeah, helping to pull people up That's a out of job. their yeah. depression. Yeah. They have a really intensive three-month-long training. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not easy to do, but I, I absolutely love that work. Well, good. Because so, someone's got to do it. I, I don't think I could handle that kind of pressure, you know, honestly. It's like, um, you know, the people that answer the emergency phone calls at mm-hmm. the, um, with the police and stuff, you know. It's very... Um, oh, intense, I couldn't do that. Right? I would be afraid I'd hang up on somebody by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you? No. Hey, are you still there? <laughs> no, but really, they do amazing work over there. Um, other things I've done here in the city, Project Open Hand... Um, oh, making yeah. meals for for people who are homebound that's oh, okay. another excellent yeah. charity um, 
and like I said, Episcopal Community Services, they do amazing work too, helping combat homelessness through their chef's program. That's how I got my culinary start. Um, and I, I already told you about the housing program. There, there's just so much love in this city. Mm-hmm. It, it blows me away. Yeah. But, you know, you got to put your work into it, like you said. So. Yes, you do. You've got to want it. Yeah. Got to want it and be willing to do the work. Yeah. But the opportunities are there. San Francisco been good to me. Yeah. <laughs> good to put out comes right back to you. I that's, think that's, that's true. But, um, yeah, I've got some bad karma to work off. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all Are do. you doing a, <laughs> I think you're doing a you fabulous think. job, my dear. It's probably worse than you think. Uh, thank you, don't, sweetie. Don't think too much of it. So... Let's say something. Let's, let's talk to our uh, Latin friends. Can you guys converse in a little? Let's see if the three of you can work together as a 